From the Over the Top Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to Over the Top Cycling, presented by Gerard Cycles. And today we're visiting with Oregon Bicycle Racing Association Executive Director Chuck Kenlin. Chuck, thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to visit with us. Ah, you're welcome, George. Looking forward to it. This is going to be fun. So are you mostly riding or are you fishing? What are you doing this summer? <laughs> I've actually been riding my bike a little bit more. I actually pinned a number on it even for the first time in nine years and had a had a great day at a gravel race over on the Oregon coast here a few weeks ago, but kind of sp- split my time. I, I'm still a subcontract do some fishing guiding off and on as well in the spring. That is fantastic because you weren't able to, no one was able to pin numbers on last summer. Yeah, it was, it's pretty neat. You know, we, we started our race season this year on March 6th with a race, incidentally, that was a, essentially our last race in 2020, um, a, a gravel event. And from that day on, all the all the events that we've had, the, the energy and the excitement has just been, you know, to, to coin a phrase over the top, it's been really, really exciting to see people are people are really jazzed to be getting back out there. How did you keep everything together last year? I'd love to kind of walk through what happened in 2020 because, I mean, that was insane. Well, it was, you know, the week after that, that race that we had, it's, it's, uh, uh, it was that that during that week, the state of Oregon shut down along with the rest of the country and, you know, over a week, we, nobody knew. So we suspended racing for a month and then in the next month we suspended racing for another month and then. I think not not too long after that we suspended racing indefinitely and uh um you know the the organization Oprah and the reason we survived and and survived in a really strong position is just because of the community and our membership um, um continued to support us you know we had to make some tough decisions with furloughs um we're able to get a a, a PPP loan to keep the doors open but really our membership and some of our sponsors really stepped up and, and helped the organization out. So we started 2021 in a really strong position to bring bike racing back. What were some things that you did in 2020 to engage the membership? You had some Zoom calls, things like that? Oh yeah, we did. We did some of that. We did some, you know, our annual meeting via Zoom. But we also we also had about nine or ten non-racing competitions, uh, ranging anywhere from just a cycling photo competition to a ride with GPS, um, complete like all these historical Oprah race courses. Um, so awards for for the most courses done, most mileage ridden. Uh, we did actually did a cycling haiku competition, and and thanks again to the sponsors that we have: Castelli, um, uh, uh, Scratch Labs, POC, um, some of these other other organizations that help us out we were able to give some prizes out and have some fun with it um you know over you get a cloth number every year um when you join and so we had a we had a contest to submit a photo of all your over race numbers and and uh there's definitely some old timers that have been getting their race numbers every year for you know 30 35 years um pretty neat to see those photos did you do any virtual racing no, not other good, than good the, for you. <laughs> yeah, other, other than the kind of the ride with GPS um, competition that we did um, with the with the historic Oregon courses, and you know the you know the people that that participated just submitted their their GPS files, and uh, and so that's that 
that's how we were able to track those. But no, no, no set virtual racing. Um, you know, we looked into having some Obra organized Zwift racing, which the, the platform doesn't really allow for, for that yet. I know they're working on it at Zwift. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, nothing, nothing other than that, that ride with GPS competition. I think we had 40 or so different road race um, and mountain bike courses that we'd uploaded to there for people to go get around the state and, and uh, ride their bikes on some of these historic courses. Now, at what point did you start feeling like the 2021 season is going to happen? Well, you know, even at the end of 2020, when numbers were spiking, we were still pretty unsure. Um, and as I mentioned, you know, we, we finished the year in a pretty strong position financially. And we we're, you know, knew that at some point with the vaccine coming out in December and, uh, you know, that starting to get out there, that there was a chance that we were going to start seeing bike racing. Our first race um, was run by a promoter in Ashland and, uh and uh it's called the shasta gravel hugger great great race had a great turnout this year and that their race is actually across the border in northern california in siskiyou county and and so the the guidance for for there was a lot less restrictive than the than the COVID guidance in oregon and so he was able to run that event and uh you know we instituted um you know a special rule in our rule book with regards to racing during COVID. And then just, you know, have some had some specific language and requirements for promoters to keep it an event COVID safe. But that was really, really easy to do. And, and uh, you know, the racers were just so happy to be there. Just the, any any little reminder to put on a mask when they weren't racing was was, you know, met with an, an apology and the mask went on right away. So um, and that was at the beginning of March. And from then on. You know, as, as everywhere else in the country, things gradually started to open up a little bit and uh, race promoters were more confident that they were able to going to be able to put on their event in a safe way. And, you know, we, we also had language, in, you know, in there that, you know, please be respectful of the communities that you're traveling to. Um, um, you know, and if you don't if you don't feel well, please don't travel to those communities. Consider racing locally if you can. Um but yeah, um, so yeah, after after the Shasta Gravel Hugger, um, we kind of hit the ground running and uh, have had quite a few events happen. That's great. And what's the summer looking like and uh, cyclocross season? Uh, cyclocross is probably going to be one of the best ever. Um, we've got some great events on the calendar. The Obra Cyclocross Championships, I'm really excited about. It's going to be at a venue that was a new venue in 2019, right in the heart of Portland at Oaks Park Amusement Park. And we're going to run that as a two-day event and kind of follow the USA Cycling National Championship model where we're going to have a day of non-championship uh, races, um, category races, some fun stuff, some team races. And then on Sunday, we're going to do all the age groups and elite um, over championship events. So um, anytime you can get a venue right in the middle of the city um, of Portland is, is, a, is you know, it's going to yeah. be a success. So we're excited about that. So kind of a goofy question for you, but just curious if anything happened last year that uh, maybe you're like, hey, this is uh, something we should bring in regularly. Like I know in the ski industry and ski instruction, we started doing a lot of training over Zoom and 
it's like this is awesome let's uh, integrate that anything that you picked up in bicycle racing that uh, or event promotion that you think uh, you learned in 2020 that is a good thing we should continue well the one thing in, in talking to race promoters and they they, they really like this um, is that you know we're, we're still not allowing for day of race registration um, at events just to minimize that contact time when people come and I tell you what as a, as a former recovering race promoter myself um, being able to just know your start list um, a day before the race and not have to deal with with day of race registration sure makes event promotion easy and and I think we're starting to train the racers to do that um, to plan ahead and 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 re- pre-register you know it definitely happens in other disciplines it happens an awful lot more in running events and in triathlons where people people don't wait till the day of to register and and you know maybe maybe we're changing some behavior by by still not having day of day of rest race registration allowed um the other thing is obra you know we're 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 a different sanctioning organization than say a usa cycling in that um our members um get to decide on how the organization's governed so we have an annual meeting every year um members get to propose rule changes to the racing rules administrative rules code of conduct um and those are voted on at the annual meeting and then the, uh, we elect uh, two new board members at every annual meeting. So, so governance um, it gets decided at that annual meeting. And, and typically that's been in Portland where the greatest population of OBRA members is. But now we can do that. We discovered um, this year is that you can do these things virtually and, and involve a larger population from around the state um, to get involved. So I think that's something that either we're going to be doing more of a, a live stream if we can do that meeting, you know, in person live someday, but definitely um, try to use technology to get, um, you know, our members from all over the state of Oregon involved. Well, Chuck, I am really excited as well that we are going to be having a regular podcast with Obra. So looking forward to getting that going. And anything you would uh, like to add to the membership here? Uh, you know, no, I just, I want to, you know, shout out and thank all the members for continuing to, to stay involved in the organization. Um, you know, it's, it's, I, it may sound corny, but the members are OBRA and, uh, it, it, it makes it a really, really, uh, fun place for me and the staff to work, to have, uh, to have an engaged membership. So big thank you to them and huge thank you to the race promoters that sacrificed so much last year and are doing everything in their power to make racing happen again this year. Um, definitely without, without quality race promoters, we don't exist and the sport doesn't exist. So, um, yeah, we're, we're really fortunate up here. You know, I just have to chime in on when you said it, it does sound corny or whatever about it being the members. Obra really is a membership driven organization. I love that about Obra. And I think you do such an amazing job with that. Well, thank you. I, pr- I appreciate you saying that. It's a- interesting that you bring that up. And, and you know, I had lunch with the, with the new CEO of USA Cycling here um, a little over a year ago at Cyclocross Nationals up in Washington. Great guy. And the, the people at, at USA Cycling are all really good people, and they work really hard to further the sport. But 
the question was, why can't OBRA be a part of USA Cycling? Why can't we be just another local association? And, you know, there's 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 some reasons that are, you know, more objective pricing, um, you know, et cetera. But really what I told them is the, the main difference is, is membership and the members being involved in how the organization is run and governed. And that's just something that won't happen um, at a national level, but it can happen at a grassroots statewide level. And the people that founded OBRA that started this organization had that vision and, and, uh, it's kept going for over 30 years. Well, Chuck Kenlin, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Really appreciate it. Thank you, George. And, and thanks for all that you do for the sport of cycling. From the Over the Top Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. Thanks so much for listening.